we received an email from the CEO of Living Scriptures thanking us for signing up for a free trial. You are one of the brave ones helping us fight the bad media that is trying to invade our homes, exclamation mark. That sounds a little bit crazy, doesn't it? Does it really? (laughs) Does it really is bold. That's my favorite part. Hey, Katie. Hey. Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast. This is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture. And sometimes. And sometimes early 2000s Mormon comedies. Yes. Sometimes we celebrate the 20th anniversary of peak Mormon cinema. So January 2023 is 20 years from the release of The RM. Yes. If you don't know, that means The Returned Missionary. Classic Mormon film. We watched it. We're here to talk about it. And let's be clear. We've long known of The the RM. We're original fans. Yeah. Yes. In fact, watching it unlocked the memory of the first time I saw it which was on a date, a group date at BYU with a guy I I don't even remember his name. We never spoke again, (laughs) but he and his roommates had all just returned from their missions and they asked out me and my roommates. We go to the RM. They are like having an emotional experience. Yeah. And I remember, I'm sure I liked the movie fine, but I remember afterwards saying something about how it was kind of a downer yeah. because the whole first third of the movie, or really two thirds of the movie, yeah. is about how the main character comes home from his mission and he's expecting life to be to be filled with blessings, but it's like really hard, comically hard. Yeah. And I was like, that was kind of a downer. And the guys were like, that was the most accurate representation of what it's like to come home from a mission. And I remember me and my roommates being like, what a bunch of sad sacks those guys were. Yeah. And to be fair, like, (laughs) it's low-key, like, the story of Job. Like, it's like everything (laughs) went wrong. Yeah. So I don't know about the most accurate. I mean, I didn't go on a mission, but yeah. (laughs) They were being a little melodramatic. The first two (laughs) acts is like story of Job. Every single thing goes wrong when he gets home from his mission. And then the last act is like jumps the shark. This movie takes a left turn. Yeah. What is happening? But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I think before we get into the movie, we should talk about how we came to watch it like for this podcast how we came to watch it in the last week yeah it was hard to track down yeah we were kind of like how are we gonna watch this movie when we did some research about a lot of these early 2000s mormon films for our our episode about the mormon pride and prejudice one thing we learned was that hailstorm production company was acquired by the church and the church owns all these movies and they have them under lock and key like yeah it's hard to find them you can't even rent it on amazon so the only place we could find to watch the rm for its 20th anniversary was by getting a free trial two-week subscription to the livingscriptures.com yes and what a treasure trove yeah that is. <laughs> i know i wish that we had cracked that one open a little bit earlier yeah it's um it's a lot i downloaded the app and oh, just did immediately you? started perusing the app yeah it's a lot so the living scriptures has been around for a long time like when we were kids you could watch living scriptures videos that were like kind of cheesy animated takes on like book of mormon and bible stories And I feel like there are two kinds of Mormon families. There are the ones who are super into things like living scriptures and their kids have all the VHS tapes and they're like doing living scriptures activity books during sacrament meeting. And then there are the families who think living scriptures is like a con and Mm -hmm. cheesy and, you know, worthy of disdain. And that's the family we were in. Right. (laughs) 
if if you ask our parents like what they think of living scriptures to this day they would be like ugh, trash yeah <laughs> i mean maybe not to anyone but us but that's what they would probably say for sure <laughs> so that kind of increased my pleasure in getting my little free trial to living scriptures yeah but the real icing on the cake is that we received an email from the ceo of living scriptures thanking us for our free trial right (laughs) signing up for a free trial and it is one of the most unhinged promotional emails i've ever received yeah it's giving like donald trump campaign email no attempt at like coherent language use Mm -hmm. rational ideas i mean it is a free-for-all in this email let me read you one paragraph and this paragraph the longest paragraph in the email is one sentence (laughs) no i can't just read the one i have to read the two sentences that (laughs) precede it it thanks us for signing up for this free trial and then says you are one of the brave ones helping us fight the bad media that is trying to invade our homes exclamation mark i'm already i'm excited i'm in i'm a brave one that sounds a little bit crazy doesn't it does it really (laughs) does it really is bold that's my favorite part me too okay now here's the paragraph that's one sentence one sentence most media channels are encouraging people to watch violence bad language pornography at a very young age most popular media companies produce really low standard shows and this is what families are being exposed to this is why living scriptures exist to have a place where families can watch amazing programs without the danger of the bad stuff one sentence (laughs) never in the english language he's getting his point across it worked yeah. I was I was riveted. I couldn't get enough of this. Email. I just imagine he's grabbing you by the shoulders <laughs> while he's saying it. Yeah. But that sounds crazy. Does it though? Does it really? <laughs> anyway, oh, just no. a little treat. Yeah, that was and crazy. Living Scriptures nowadays is where you can find all these old hailstorm entertainment movies like mm-hmm. the RM, the best two years. Sons of Provo, The Singles Ward, but also all these church-produced movies like Joseph Smith, Prophet of the Restoration, Mm -hmm. which is what was suggested to me to watch next after I finished the RM. So you queued it up. Smooth. You can't help it. Anyway. Did you cry? No, not at all. I did. What Katie's referring to is I did, in fact, watch Joseph Smith, the Prophet of the Restoration. Yeah. An hour long church produced film about Joseph Smith's life that I had watched as an all in member, as a missionary and wept through because it's emotionally charged. Right. I like skimmed through it. I skipped ahead quite a quite a bit. It does not make any sense. It's crazy how when you step away from Mormonism, you're like. How did I not see through this? It's it's I just can't even. If I think and not of it only too that, much, but you upset. you ate it up. Oh yeah, I, ate I remember it seeing up. that for the first time and just like yum 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 yum. Yeah, you know. I remember watching it as a missionary in the Palmyra Visitor Center because I went to upstate New York on my mission, mm-hmm. and at the end, as everyone's like in tears, my mission president said, "Don't you feel like you're on the right team?" and you're like yeah we were eating it up yeah and yeah watching it in retrospect you're like if he's so innocent or just is so innocent why is he constantly in jail and being charged with crimes and being convicted from time to time right like when he died he had like multiple pending legal actions against him right multiple i I got a lot of questions across state lines there was a lot he couldn't help it he was a criminal (laughs) i mean i I know i've said this on the podcast before that i love the expression where there's smoke there's fire i find it a very useful expression because (laughs) of how true it is i'm just gonna say joseph smith was fucking covered in smoke he had smoke coming out of his ears yeah (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me feel good when you think about all our ancestors who were just like, 
oh oh yeah oh wow sure yeah you know and and to this day they continue brutal yeah anyway going off on a little bit of a tangent here let's lighten it up rm talk to us about the rm oh my god i was just delighted by this little film (laughs) it had been so long since i've seen it i realized so it came out in 2003 so i was 11 years old when this video when this video there you go (laughs) yeah this film this this cinematic masterpiece yes this important film came out and let me tell you i loved this movie i loved all the movies in this cinematic universe i loved being able to laugh Mm -hmm. at being mormon i feel that's an important part of the culture and i definitely felt that way back then when i was very much in the church i loved the like um, i loved the soundtrack the pop punk covers of mormon hymns oh my god i loved it so much yeah i remember having that soundtrack i had the cd and i listened to it all the time and i remember our mom being kind of a downer about it like Mm -hmm. Like kind of being like, I don't know how I feel about this. And I remember just being like, mom, knock it off. Yep. Like, let me have this. I'm going to have this. You're not going to take this away from me. If I can't listen to covers of hymns, I'm going to walk out the door and never come home. When you're a Mormon missionary, depending on your mission, there are different rules about what music you can listen to. And in my mission, initially, the rules were like a little bit loose. It had to be church related hymns were good and you were told to like kind of follow the spirit so people would listen to like efy cds you could listen to like these soundtracks that had these upbeat covers of hymns Mm -hmm. but then i got a new mission president and he was like mo tab only (gasps) oh no and i remember it feeling so devastating because like We went from, you know, you could bop along to these songs and just get the energy up a little bit to like, oh, tab only. That's brutal. Yeah, Yeah, that's torture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, EFY CDs. Man, I didn't think you could listen to EFY CDs on your mission. That's bopping. Yeah, some of those EFY CDs, not bad. It'd be kind of funny to do like a review of some of those. I know. That'd be fun if we listened to, if we were able to find them, like EFY CDs from when you were in EFY and when I was Um, in EFY and then today. I own all of them. I don't have a CD player, but I have all (laughs) of those CDs. Yeah, good for you. I didn't get rid of that shit. I wonder if they're on Spotify. I wonder too. I would think so. But the thing is, you would think this would be accessible, but it's not. I think, like you said, there was this era where it was okay to be a Mormon and to laugh at the church and to Mm -hmm. laugh at church culture and what how how silly Mormons could be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they slammed the door shut on that. Yeah. I don't know when exactly it happened, but it's over. That era is gone. Yeah, you're right. That's sad. Feels like a loss. It was very like comforting to be able to, even if just for a few minutes, sitting down with your family in front of the TV, be like (laughs) to like laugh at how ridiculous a lot of our like customs are and how people can just be so silly because you just get used to it. Yeah. Like this movie, we were talking about this before we started recording. It calls out some stuff that we were like, ooh, that's kind of incisive. That's a little edgy. Like, they're really critiquing something here. Mm -hmm. Not that I knew people who watched it and, like, were reflective about those critiques and their role in Mm -hmm. problematic practices. That wasn't really happening. Mm -hmm. I think people were offended by it. Yeah. Probably. Sure. Which, at the end of the day, was good. probably in some cases that's something but these movies were relatively popular given the very targeted audience like the Mm -hmm. rm made over a million at the box office yeah which is not not bad all things considered also say what you will about these films kirby hayborn and will swenson the stars of this movie and other movies around this time are absolute stars yeah they're incredible they have star power 
a hundred percent. We had this idea that we would see if Kirby Hayborn would come on the podcast. We're like, I don't know. Is he just, maybe he's ex-Mormon now. Maybe he's just the right level of not too currently famous that he would do it. Yeah. He's so Mormon. He's so Mormon. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Kirby, if you hear this, you are a friend of the podcast. (laughs) You're welcome anytime. Whether you like it or not. Active or not. We love you. There is something so special about him. He's so funny. He has such good timing and Mm -hmm. just such a good vibe. I'm happy to see that he's, you know, still working and like such a presence. Yeah. BYU TV show, doing voice acting. I didn't know he was like an award-winning audiobook voice actor. He's done like Gone Girl, Cloud Atlas, Charlotte's Web, like all these books that are legit. Yeah, he's like a celebrated voice actor. I believe that he's great. And Will Swenson too. And Will Swenson, obviously a star. So Will Swenson, we know, is ex-Mormon. He left the church, according to Wikipedia, in 2008. And is now married to Audra McDonald, Broadway royalty. Yeah. Like, legit. He's in the group. He was in the greatest showman. He was on, like, the Broadway revival of Les Mis. He played Javert. Yeah, he's on Broadway right now. I mean, good for him. And we knew it all along. Yeah. We knew it from Singles Ward. We knew it from Sons of Provo. I mean, yeah, that one was the best of them all, but too edgy for mainstream Mormons, I feel like. Yes, that wasn't one we watched like with our parents. No, no, no. They could never. They would have thought it was absolutely absurd. Yeah. Anyway, these two, such talents. So let's talk about the movie itself. Let's get the into it. The premise is Kirby Aborn, whose name is Elder Jared Phelps. Mm-hmm. He gets called on a mission to Evanston, Wyoming. <laughs> mm-hmm. He works his little heart out. One thing that's funny about that mission call is, if you don't know, Evanston, Wyoming is really close to Salt Lake. <laughs> in fact, I once was in a car driving from Park City to Provo the driver it was middle of the night I was asleep in the back seat with other people (laughs) the driver took a wrong turn and we ended up in Evanston before she realized what she had done (laughs) that's how close it is yeah like I woke up and was like why are the mountains shorter and Mm. she's like I don't know and then it was like welcome to Wyoming oh no so it's so close he went that's hilarious he went just up the road to be right. a missionary for two years. A really funny it's choice hilarious. for the movie. Yeah, it's yes. hilarious. Before leaving his mission, his mission president is like, you're going to be so blessed. You've been such a hardworking missionary. And now's the time to like reap the rewards. Yeah, he hypes him up. Which is for sure a thing that they tell you when you're going yeah. home from your mission. Even more gross than that, though, there are people who will talk about, like, the harder you work on your mission, the hotter your wife is going to be. Yeah. Literally a thing people say. That's so nasty. And not only that, but, like, your own family will talk about the benefits of you going on a mission. So, like, your parents will benefit Mm -hmm. uh, by you going on a mission. So one thing people may not realize if you've never been Mormon is that Mormon kids pay their pay to be missionaries. Yes. The church is not paying you. You are paying them. Mm -hmm. And when I went on a mission, I want to say it was like $400 or $450 a month Mm -hmm. that you needed to be paying. You know, that goes into some big pot and then the church distributes it as needed. So if you're in a country with like a lower cost of living, you're getting a smaller amount of money. If you're in a higher cost of living country, you're given more, mm-hmm. but um, you have no control over how much you're getting. So mm-hmm. I was in upstate New York, you know, my rent was paid for. I wasn't paying any, like, I was going to say I wasn't paying any utilities, but that's not true. We had to pay for our own trash pickup out of our monthly stipend. I want to say my monthly stipend was under $200. That's crazy. We were like pinching pennies to be able to eat. And Mm. you were like, hopefully enough members sign up to feed us. And you you could not like buy a lot of necessities if you needed new clothes, you needed a haircut, like especially for women, you know, those Mm -hmm. things are like a haircut is more expensive 
So you were just like scraping by. That's so crazy. Considering how rich the church is. Yep. It's so sick. So but the anyway, blessings. I don't know where I got that tangent from. Oh, this was what it was. What you were saying about your own family tells you like, oh, we'll all be so blessed. I remember mom telling me that dad got a raise for the exact number amount that it cost for me to be on my mission. So while I was on my mission, dad got a raise and it came out to be exactly 425 or whatever more dollars a month. She was like, see the blessings of your service. And I was just like, okay, (laughs) thanks. So yeah, there's a lot of talk like that. You go home thinking, bring it on here. Like pour down blessings. I'm ready. New me. It's a lie. It's a lie. And it was uh, definitely not the case for our friend Jared. He got home from his mission and just an assault Uh of unfortunate events. Nobody picks him up from the airport. He like has a funny vision of like his family all being there in balloons and he comes out and he looks like a rock star and his girlfriend is wearing a wedding dress and mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And then he actually gets out and literally nobody's there. He finds a way home and knocks on the door. Nobody's answering the door. He climbs in through a window and there's a random man in the shower for some reason he climbs into the bathroom like as if you wouldn't know that was the bathroom and the shower's running and you can hear somebody (laughs) anyway and then falls but that is the moment where we have our first big racist red flag moment in this movie where i went oh no i forgot this is old and gonna be super racist and mormon and racist yep. yeah shoot yes the new owner of jared's childhood home is an asian man mm-hmm. and unfortunately because these like white dudes who wrote and created this film have no you know cultural awareness <laughs> they make him basically like a kung fu ninja mm-hmm. and like stereotypical kind of kung fu music is playing and he like mm-hmm kicks jared out the window right and like a gong sound goes yes. off that's what really did it for me it is really problematic yeah uh, and we get some other let's just bang out real quick let's do the it. other hardcore racist red flags when jared does eventually find his family he learns that they've taken in like a tongan foreign exchange student mm-hmm. and they make him like this sort of cartoon character his only device in the film is that he eats a lot yeah they'll um, have him like put a half a stick of butter between two pieces of bread and just eat it yeah and the joke is that he doesn't speak english we and... find out in the last moment of the film that he actually does yeah, and it's it is kind of funny because he jokes that the reason why he played it off like he didn't speak English was just so he didn't have to talk to his host mom. Yeah. Cause he's like, I don't know what to talk to that lady about. And like, fair enough. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> but the character in general, yikes. Uh yeah. racist red flag. Yeah. Um, the last one I'm gonna call out is Jared's dad giving him an update on like where all of his million siblings are Mm -hmm. and he has like a a brother and a sister who are also missionaries and his dad is like your brother Moroni is having great success with the Lamanite people oh my gosh on his mission and I was like holy shit Uh, yeah So and like a lot of these jokes there is like an awareness Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. the people who wrote a lot of these jokes, like, are aware of what that sounds like. And that's not right. But that that is something some Mormon dad would say. But the viewers don't necessarily have that same awareness. And they're not in a position to make the joke. They're not in a position to critique the system that they are a part of, that they are held up by, that they are holding up. Right? Like these privileged Mormon white dudes making fun of how Mormons maybe caricaturize Polynesian members of the church. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get to do that. At the end Same of the day, thing with the way they make fun of like quirks about gender dynamics in Mormonism. Yeah. They get some things right, but it pissed me off because I'm like, yeah, you dudes really don't get to off. make fun of Mormon women. Because at the end of the day, like Kirby Hayborn, for example, still in the church. Mm-hmm. still totally right. functions within that system so as a show on BYU great. tv right 
benefiting from the system he's poking fun at. Right. For sure. Anywho, he finds his family. He like has to sleep in like a storage room on food storage. Also, his parents are running a pyramid scheme. Yeah, a little MLM moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a they touch on a lot in this movie. <laughs> they don't miss a thing. Yeah, right. the food storage bed. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a point later in the movie where he's like just in his room feeling sad and he's just eating the MREs yeah. <laughs> that are make comprising his pillow. He's just pulling yep. them out and just eating them. That's pretty funny. So he proposes to his girlfriend. She's like, oh, oops, I just got engaged to someone I met a couple weeks ago months ago yeah our wedding's in a week you know whatever he doesn't get his old job back he doesn't get into BYU everything he thought was gonna work out hasn't he reunites with his old best buddy Will Swenson (laughs) yes who did not go on a mission and therefore apparently has like no moral character yeah yeah is just an absolute loose cannon because those are your options right? right yeah and he's like, come to this frat party. Come be like a lying telemarketer douchebag bro with me. Yeah. He's just always up to shenanigans. Yeah. What else even happens in this movie? Jared meets a girl, meets Kelly. Mm-hmm. They kind of hit it off, though he's super awkward. Turns mm-hmm. out she's the daughter of a like general authority. Mm-hmm. Which you know means she's a hot item. She's yeah. The kind of girl you want. Yeah, I couldn't help but wonder why she hadn't been scooped up yet. I'm like, what kind of what kind of baggage is she carrying around? Maybe she's supposed to be like 18 in the movie. We have no idea. There's no character bit, development for her. Yeah, she looks a little bit older. It's a little bit like, why does this woman live with her parents? Why is she unattached? Right. Just coming from that Mormon angle, I was a little bit suspicious. Yeah. But I mean, good for good for Jared. You know, she's she's a babe. There's one scene. It's like mm-hmm. early in their meeting. And she's like, she can't get him to not be awkward until she starts asking him about his mission. And then he like really opens up, which <laughs> she says, how many converts did you have on your mission? And he says, just me. Mm. <laughs> and they kind of chuckle, you know, but also you can tell she's like, oh. Yeah, And I know, I don't remember, but I know (laughs) that my little 19-year-old BYU heart was touched by that and was like, oh my gosh, what a good guy. I bet he would check off every item on my list of things I'm looking for in a husband. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I just admitted that out loud. Another thing from that, them initially meeting, there's like this random character. He's in the film very briefly. And it's this guy and he's wearing a t-shirt that says pants on it. Yes. And I had that t-shirt. Of course. Iconic. (laughs) And I realized that 2003 was like the peak of my like ironic t-shirt phase. Yeah. And this just brought it all back for me. I know that was a time the pants t-shirt or like the t-shirt that just said college mm-hmm. you know good time our brother had that shirt that's a good shirt I'd wear yeah. that shirt today sure why not I'd yeah. wear my pants shirt if I still had it it's sort of like um Rob Lowe wearing the NFL hat yeah did you ever see that where it's like oh just the whole NFL <laughs> you're you know? just a fan of okay me whole organization the establishment yeah so yeah he's like kind of dating Kelly but not really trying out all these different jobs whatever his sister's getting married that wedding reception had an Elvis impersonator yeah and I was like a Mormon wedding would never that was an incredibly high budget Mormon wedding reception yeah the decorations normally it's like centerpieces flowers an arch you know and and it was it was taking place in a church building so that was spot on yeah but the fact that there was like live music, I was live like, this music. is the most over the top Mormon wedding reception. Yeah, never. That's a funny scene though. I love when they're all in the receiving line, which we should explain because a lot of people don't do that. Um, so that's when you line up with your immediate family and like sort of greet the guests at the reception. So you line up and then the guests line up and the guests like walk through the line and like say hi to everybody and offer their congratulations. This is something I've only ever seen at Mormon weddings. Yeah. Though 
I'm sure other people do it, but it's a real thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole time consuming weird thing. I hate being a guest and walking through a receiving line. It's the worst, most awkward thing because you're just like, hey, congrats. You look beautiful. And they're exhausted. Everybody hates it. Everybody hates it. The bride hasn't eaten anything. And because the Mormon weddings are so weird, because you're getting married in the temple and then having this little reception, people who are coming to the reception weren't at the wedding. No. Um, Mormon weddings are typically pretty small. They're in rooms that can't seat a lot of people. And you have to be able to go to the temple to go to them. And not everybody can. The reception is like this kind of open house. And people just walk in and go through the receiving line and leave a gift and eat a piece of cake and leave. Mm -hmm. Like when we were growing up, if we went to a Mormon wedding, we were there for like 45 minutes tops. Right. We just ate cake. And And I remember being an adult and being invited to a non-Mormon wedding and realizing, oh, this is going to be my whole day. Yeah, it's a whole thing for sure. (laughs) There is something to be said, I think, for the Mormon way of doing it. And I will add, when I got married, we did invite some people only to the reception because our venue was really small. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of the Mormon people that were at our reception were only at the reception, which I find really funny and super cringy in retrospect. Like, you know, most people would never have a wedding and just only invite some people to the reception. But because mm-hmm. of being raised Mormon, it felt like it just wasn't that big of a deal. You and also I think it did have the Relief Society sisters like lined up in the back with like food stations. Yeah. You did um, have like little touches of Mormonness in your Yeah, life. I got married by a Mormon bishop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ladies from the church, like we delivered ingredients to them and they made recipes that we mm-hmm. gave them and delivered them to the wedding. Yep. Which is a very... And of course you did, because that's the only kind of wedding we knew at that point we'd ever Mm -hmm. seen, our mom had ever seen. Yeah. I mean, the budget was insanely small. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. even know how we pulled it off for Mm -hmm. how little money we did. But part of it was just by calling in the troops. Yeah. Calling the sisters. Calling in the troops and then telling them, yeah, you can come to the reception. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Relief Society sisters, we need to talk about, before we get into the absolutely batshit crazy ending of this movie, we need to talk about the way that Relief Society sisters are represented in this movie because it is a running gag throughout that made you laugh and made me like see red. I know. I thought it was really funny and like obviously a caricature, but just like pretty funny. Uh But I love how it got you so fired up. It got me heated. So we see the Relief Society sisters meeting and it's just super over the top. There's like just like a really stereotypical looking sweet older mormon woman up front who's leading the lesson and there's like soft music playing i love the little there's like a boom box with music playing that has a doily, a doily on, on it so it's like everything is embellished and then she like yeah. pulls a sheet off the table and there are these like beautiful crystal <laughs> temples as part of I, something to do with her lesson and everybody just gasps in the audience it's this audience of women who you know are just Total, total, total characters of Mormon women. Yep. She gives everybody a handout that she made. That's like um, 10 pages long. Right. And she has little takeaways, a little, a little, uh, a little gift for everybody, a, a fridge magnet, mm-hmm. you know, based on the lesson. And it's just like she has painstakingly worked on this for like months, it looks like. Yep. It's just so much work. And then it cuts to the men in their elders quorum meeting and it's like oh just a bunch of schlubs <laughs> sitting in chairs in like a poorly lit room and um there's a guy like clipping his nails in the front row literally clipping his nails <laughs> the man who's like leading the lesson is like if all right like oh, oh first of all he's like i'm not doing the lesson this week it's him it's not me yeah <laughs> and then he goes up finally and he's like okay let's open our open our books to whatever page and then he's like have we done this lesson yet you yeah know, like just totally has no idea what he's doing and um nobody else has their handbook and it's just total torture yes right and that I thought- scene didn't bother me so much because it felt so spot on yeah 
I don't know. To me, the Relief Society stuff feels spot on too. Like I feel like our mom, I'm not afraid to say, and my mom wouldn't take offense to it. My mom puts her whole mind, body, and soul (laughs) into any lesson she gives. I mean, man, if she is asked to speak in church, it is on, you know? And I think that's how like so many people are, you know, obviously I think there are men who are like that too. I think our dad cares a lot if he's asked to speak, but he's also, he's not going to fall asleep. Yes. He's not going to go over the top in the way that mom is with like decor and handouts, but he is going to be like, I need people to come up to me afterwards and tell me how like spiritually powerful my lesson was or it's a flop yeah and to be fair like i think our mom is the same way oh yeah i i think women want that's that the same validation but they also want to like create something beautiful and that's the fun Mm -hmm. thing about being a woman they want to have the crystal temples (laughs) you know and the cute little handout Uh, but they also with women i think a lot of it is about making everybody cry well, so that's another thing in that scene is, you know, the men are just like reading out of this book and it's going horribly. <laughs> the Relief Society teacher has everyone in tears. But mm-hmm. if you listen to what she's actually saying, <laughs> it's nothing. I mean, she's it's like the children of men. Now, what do you think that means? Children of men. And yeah. the women are just like breaking down. Sobbing. Like, I mean, children like, of men. <laughs> honestly, to me, that is even like they nailed that it's like we're trying to have some kind of like spiritual i'm i'm using air quotes if you can't see me yes spiritual moving emotional experience but when you like actually break it down it's just like nonsense platitudes like nothing is really being said right i feel like one of my curses in life and it really ended up biting me in the ass as a mormon is that i actually listen (laughs) (laughs) So I'd be in lessons where people were saying things and other people and and I would I would listen and be like, whoa, huh? this doesn't make any sense. This is problematic. This is mm-hmm. nonsense. And people were having reactions around me. And yeah. I was like, what are you hearing? I know. It's like, is everybody just being triggered right now? Yes. Everybody's just pretending. Yeah. Yeah, and that's sure, the their thing. emotions are being triggered, but not because anything profound is being said. No, they're turning it on. They're letting it happen. So that felt truer than true to me. Yes. But what bothered me? Tell me. <laughs> Leading up to that scene, we have like a couple of moments. And I wrote these all down because I knew I was going to have to explain myself. Yeah. Jared comes home and his mom is pregnant with like her 14th kid. I don't even know how many. Yeah. <laughs> and Jared's like, you're, you're pregnant. I didn't know. And the dad says don't look at me i didn't know until the visiting teachers called Mm -hmm. visiting teachers are like the relief society women assigned to visit you take care of you so this mormon man this father of many Mm -hmm. doesn't even know he is about to have another child with his wife Mm -hmm. until the women inform him he's that useless in the equation right and that felt too i was too triggered by sid mcgee (laughs) (laughs) um a couple episodes ago and the like charming weaponized incompetence and i was like come on Mm -hmm. there's also a scene where uh his younger twin brothers are talking about how they almost have their eagle scout like awards certificates i don't know what it is badges whatever the hell it is and they say you mean mom almost has our eagle scouts Mm-hmm. see you interpret all of these things completely different than me it's so funny i want you to keep going though okay his mom is chainsawing an ice sculpture of the salt lake temple in their backyard <laughs> to use as a relief society centerpiece and then says dinner will be ready in an hour and i'm like is anybody helping her no she's she is nine months pregnant chainsawing a nice sculpture she's doing what she has to do she has to one up the crystal temples somehow i just can't and then and then she goes into labor while jared is on a date with kelly by the way but that's another story Mm -hmm. and as she's being like wheeled into the hospital she says i'm supposed to go visiting teaching (laughs) 
that's so real though that is so real but it isn't good and no, like, it's not good i just know that a bunch of white mormon dudes who wrote this were sitting in a room being like isn't this so hilarious how just making fun of their own moms yes but like all and then going home and doing the same shit i just know (laughs) i love i love how much vinegar how much vinegar you got over it oh i just uh i just took it a little i just took it lightly i took it on the chin a little bit um (laughs) i think that's uh that's uh that's uh basically all when the dad says i didn't know until the visiting teachers called i i read it like Oh, they're making this guy just a total dumbass. It's just such a caricature at this point. Like they have so many kids. Like it's completely outside of reality at this point. And same with the the twin brothers almost having the eagles. Mom almost got, got her eagles. It's just sort of like, yeah, you know, at this point, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, any mom that's like putting her kids through Boy Scouts and has had how many, however many kids get her eagle get their eagle scouts. Like, yeah, she would be, yeah right up there with them i mean you know? our own mom she did the same thing i don't remember if our brother got his eagle no offense if you did no buddy. he didn't but if he did or even came close it's because mom did all the work right and that's the problem it's too real and i know it's like absurd mm-hmm. but it's almost not absurd enough to be funny yeah. it's like a little too close i get i get it i think it was absurd enough for me but i could see how it may not have been for you because <laughs> a lot much of it is just so true yeah and i guess i also was kind of a useless kid growing up mm. so like like me making it into high school mm-hmm. was like my mom doing projects basically for me mm. at night when I decided to tell her I had a project due the next day, you know? Oh no, I, uh, Katie. I also was a child who like tortured her mom through <laughs> those sorts of things. This is probably what it is. Cause we had a mom like this, who was like yeah. an OTT ideal Mormon woman doing too much at all times. Yeah. Still does. She still does. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, But because I was like the oldest daughter, I never reaped the benefits. I was the one like, mm-hmm. I was like her little foot soldier yeah. in all the work to do too much. Yeah. And you and our brother were just sitting back, taking we just it all out. in. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it is I'm like, no, I, I can't let this. It, it makes me upset for some reason. I understand. Let it out, Elisa. I let it out. I feel better. Good. Let's wrap this movie up. Let's wrap this movie up. So it goes off the rails after his sister's wedding. <laughs> I guess he just like left. What happened? He left because he realized it was the last day of the month and he needed to do his home teaching. Right. Okay. So this is a funny part. He like goes out <laughs> and like it's like 11 o'clock at night and he's knocking on the pe- people's houses that he's supposed to be visiting and they are like opening the door in their pajamas in some cases not opening the door at all he's shoving mm-hmm. cookies through people's mail slots it's a funny scene he yeah. is desperate to get his home teaching done sure but then he is walking home and he comes across his old buddy Corey, who is driving in a car swerving all over the place picks turns him out up. it's a stolen car turns out it's a stolen car He's got a couple of girls in the back. They're drinking beer, which. <laughs> oh, no. Whoa. And nothing could be worse to a Mormon audience. Yeah. And Jared is like, what the heck, dude? Let me out. You know? Yeah. But then he has a moment. He reflects for a second. He's like, I can't let my friend drive. Move over. I'm driving the car. Let's go. And so he takes off. And they end up back at the church where his sister's wedding reception is. But just as they're pulling up his stupid friends throw all their beer cans out the windows and they get pulled over by the police in the stolen car turns out it's the governor's car it's like a fraternity praying to steal the governor's car yada yada yada. it's a whole thing but it doesn't look good he jared is covered in beer they've spilled beer on him Mm -hmm. and uh and just as the couple is leaving their wedding venue they pull up they're being pulled over by police oh unfortunately one of the police is played by a little person because it was in that time period where you couldn't make a movie without making fun of little people yeah apparently. Uh, uh, 
just anyway. another <laughs> just another thing so they end up in jail anyway this it takes such a turn and then it turns into a little bit of a court drama yeah for a little while to me the courtroom scene felt like it just fully devolved into like some buddies making a movie together in like high school yeah <laughs> where like they think everything is so funny that yeah. they're doing but it's actually kind of nonsensical and cringy and there's no cohesion right it's like that it's like the first draft of a high school project right uh, and like clearly there's no understanding of the law no um, absolutely <laughs> right. no understanding of the law the way that everything's going down like for some reason jared's being represented by the fraternity's lawyer even though he's not a member of the fraternity and for some reason, he and his friend are being like tried together, and yeah. like it just doesn't make any sense. And they're and supposed the to come up with advice... this crazy lie, right, to get out of right. it. Which obviously... and Jared's not willing to lie because he's a good returned missionary boy. Yes, he doesn't give up on those blessings that he's just waiting no. on. You know, so he uh, refuses to tell the lie. He tells the truth. He gets his buddy in trouble. His buddy goes with the flow he's like you know good for you bro i'm going to jail yeah um, he's so cheerful as they march him off to jail yeah in very interesting character <laughs> um but yeah and then bada bing bada boom i guess that was the final test um because then the blessings start pouring in they do he uh kisses the pretty girl yeah that, i they mean really engaged. that's that's all because that's all at the end of the day any of these people care about is yep getting married that's so. the only blessing you were really like that even matters yeah this girl this. he's known for a week so that's it <laughs> uh yeah and uh, 10 out of 10 yeah. i loved i loved nearly every minute except for the racist <laughs> um sexist fat phobic i don't know if we touched on the oh, fat phobic I mean, with the Tongan foreign exchange student, but also with the, there were so many little references to like fat chicks and yeah, oh, my sister got a tapeworm on her mission. So she's not so fat anymore. So maybe you'd That's want to date her. Crazy. I mean, it's just relentless. Yeah. Yeah. They never let up. And yet I did enjoy myself. And I am a kirby hayborn and will swinson apologist like they are yeah. absolute stars yeah they really popped good for them and this era just like it just takes you back i was gonna mm -hmm. say because like 2003 man watching like 2003 utah core footage did it just take you back it took me all the way back <laughs> i felt like i could sing every lyric of every song on the soundtrack yeah. mm -hmm. i was like spotting local celebrities who have mm. not crossed my mind in 20 years and going yeah. oh that guy yeah I mean, I was a college student when this came out, living in Utah. So it was just like so reflective in some in ways that are good and bad of what I was living. And I and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I can't say 10 out of 10. I'd say eight out of ten though. I had a fun <laughs> time watching it. Yeah, hey, it we gotta me... dock a couple points for yes. a lot of reasons. <laughs> a lot of reasons. We're being generous. It made me want to rewatch the best two years because I remembered kind of loving it. And it's like a little more serious. Yeah. Movie. And a little higher budget. And then it made me want to rewatch Sons of Provo because it's so freaking weird. Yeah, that's a weird film. I know this time period is really fun to look back on, like from my perspective too, because I feel like I was like coming into being a person mm -hmm. at this age. It was like a very formative time. And these movies were so, they were like a light in the darkness mm -hmm. of being Mormon at that point for me, like, cause they were funny, yeah. but they were also on brand Mormon content. Like it was like, Oh, I'm enjoying this. And I'm like allowed to watch it. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's all good. What a time. An interesting time for sure. With all of that said, I did end up watching Joseph Smith, the prophet of the restoration afterwards mm -hmm. and feeling like, Oh, that was weird. And then I did a bunch of Googling about early polygamy and 
all the different like legal charges against Joseph Smith. And I ended the night being like, what am I doing? Why am I looking at all of this? Why am I spending so much time digging into this enough? Yeah. So living scriptures is a little bit of a bottomless pit (laughs) that you have to be careful in because it can easily like suck you down. Yeah. You got to be in a good headspace, but it's nice that it's paid because then you can just sign up for the free trial and only have to commit a couple weeks of your brain space to it. And so you can just watch the fun things. Don't go down any wormholes. (laughs) Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. But I feel like that leads us into a relevant announcement, Mm -hmm. which is, (laughs) which is what exactly? Which is we're ready for a little bit of a break. We're ready for a little bit of a break. We love doing this. Yeah. This project is so fun. Doing this together is so fun. We love like hearing from listeners, interacting with listeners. Love. Yes. But a lot of this content is heavy. Mm -hmm. And even the subject matter that isn't inherently heavy, like the RM, Mm -hmm. like you end up watching the restoration and we end up getting mad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's loaded. Yes, it is. And we also are both just like in little life transitions, you know, Mm -hmm. and it feels like a natural time to take a little break. Yeah. So we're calling this the season one finale of the podcast. Yeah, it's episode 30. We thought it was very fitting and on like a nice Kirby Hayborn note. And um, I'm going to go have a baby. You sure are. I'm going to go finish the novel I've been working on. Mm -hmm. We're going to do some other stuff. And we'll uh, circle back. We'll circle back. We'll be around. Yeah. Continue to follow us. Yeah. Um. Everywhere at Please Bless Pod. We're still on TikTok. We'll still be on Instagram, Twitter. I don't know. No promises. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're, yeah. We're still on YouTube. We are probably, most likely, if not certainly, going to release little things here and there. Still, yeah. Bonus. We have content. lots of ideas for bonus content that'll be fun. So keep following us because you never know when it's gonna pop up. And then, then, you know, season two. Yeah. And after doing 30 episodes of this, I feel like, you know, with experience and having some conversations, we have a lot better idea of what we want to do going forward and how we can make it easier on our brains. And, Mm -hmm. and uh, so, yeah, we'll be, it'll be even better. It'll be even better. Next time around, it'll be better for everybody. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, grow to as miss they us. say. So enjoy missing us, and then we'll be back. Yeah, before you know it, honestly. In the meantime, email us at pleaseblesspod at gmail.com with episode ideas, with a- anything you want. I mean, yeah. like, we're there. We love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Send us what's on your mind. Rate and review the podcast. That's still great and helpful, and we really appreciate it. We love getting those little reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. We just are so tickled by them. So. Totally. Keep it up. And, uh, you know, please bless Katie having a baby. Please bless all of you that you have a nice little break from us, but also that you kind of miss us. Yeah. If you're feeling sad, pull up a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. We've we'll got a whole mess of YouTube videos up there for you, which are mm-hmm. great to throw on on a rainy day. And always and forever. Please bless this podcast. Amen. <laughs>